We're not going to go through a large piece of scripture today. We're going to actually uh, take a little bit more time and be intentional this morning to talk to you about the Bible Engagement Project, uh, what the Bible Engagement Project is, uh, why we're doing this over the period of time that we're doing it, and then we're going to give you all a sample of what it looks like across some of the different age groups. Um, joining me this morning on the stage uh, is Pastor Matt. He's uh, our youth and worship pastor. Um, many of you know him. Um, pastor Rob is over there uh, with the beard. Um, and Pastor Christine is over there balancing out all of the manly stuff on the stage. Um, so she's our children's pastor. And uh, all of you, you know, many of you are familiar with us and some of you may be newer. But that's, that's who we are. And we're all on the stage this morning because we're going to bring a little bit of a different perspective to Bible engagement, um, and it's an opportunity for everyone to hear from all of us that have been involved. Um, let me explain briefly why, why we're doing this, uh, and then um, we're going to move on a little bit. But uh, I have spent almost all of my life connected in the Christian church. Um, I, according to my mother years ago, I was four years old when I made a decision to trust Christ. I obviously have no recollection of that when I was four. I do remember being in eighth grade at a camp and making a decision to trust in Christ then. And that, in the back of my mind, is the, in my mind, is the actual moment that I remember really dedicating my life to Christ and becoming a follower of Christ. I was water baptized when I was young, and I spent most of my years in public school, um, but part of a Christian church. Graduated college, um, spent years in pharmaceuticals, and then eventually into pastoral ministry. Um, I have noticed a theme in my life and in many people that I've interacted with now being in pastoral ministry for over 16 years, uh, and that is um, the Word of God is not something, and when I refer to the Word of God, I'm talking about Scripture, I'm talking about the Bible itself, it's not something that is commonly read. Pastor Eric Ferguson was here last week, and I think he gave a statistic as to the number of times people read the Word of God um, or the Bible over the course of a week, and it's, it's very low. But what I have found over the course of the years that I have walked in my Christian walk is that sometimes I have found myself spending more time relying on what people tell me the Scripture says as opposed to me going into the Word and actually reading it for myself. That has been a pattern that I've noticed over the many years. So when, when we started talking about what we were going to do as a church coming in here to the fall and then into 2023, we started looking backwards and we said, listen, um, we have done a combination of topical messages over the course of the many years I've been here, and we've done some expository messages where we've actually walked through chapter by chapter through books of the Bible. We've done that with 1 Corinthians. We've done that with Acts and Romans, and the list goes on. There's a number of them that we've done over the years, and some of you may recall that. Um, those are wonderful, and they've been challenging. Uh, one thing that I remember, though, over the course of the years, and some of you have heard me say this before, is really understanding how all 66 books come together. And I taught a class a few months ago called Journey Through the Bible, where I took seven weeks and connected all those dots. I really believe and as we've talked as staff and we've walked through this, that we need to be most intentional, especially during this season that our country and our world is in, to not just encourage people to come to church. Because coming to church is okay, but it's not going to transform you on its own. Coming to church is a piece of it. The thing that transforms us is knowing the Word of God. That is what transformed us. And that's the foundation of what Bible engagement is about. So there are two um, phrases that have been coming to mind for me. Um, the, the first, I'm going to say, is a renewed mind. A renewed mind is something that we get when we focus on God's word. Where does this come from? It comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And Paul writes this. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. He's talking to believers that have made a decision to follow Christ. He said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. And a renewed mind is one of those things, and if we take a step back and think about it, there are different things in this culture, in this world, that influence our thoughts, right? There are different things, whether where we grow up, the people that we spend time with, the education that we have, the media that we fill our minds with, the friends that we build over the years. There's so many different things that influence our mind and teach us what is supposed to be true. The problem with that is that a lot of the things that we use as inputs in this world aren't true. So we have perverted versions of things that create an unrenewed mind. 
a mind that looks one way, though God intends for us to have something different. So I was talking to the staff this week, and I asked them, could you give me examples of some things that we believe across the age groups of our church we could desire with regard to a renewed mind? What are some areas that a renewed mind would be necessary? And something I thought was really interesting is that there are some differences, but there were similarities. So um, from an adult perspective, uh, marriage and parenting is something that we need to have a renewed mind on, right? I think that would be important. There is one way that the world and the culture teaches us on what marriage looks like and how to walk through marriage than parenting, but God also shows us something in his word how it can look different, and how we need to walk out with a renewed mind. So adults had that one thing. Um, But across all of the other areas, they were interconnected. Everybody came back to me and they said, you know what area we need a renewed mind in, whether you're an adult, a student, or a child? Our identity. We need to know our identity because the world and the culture tells us our identity and our value is driven and contingent based on our performance. But God's word tells us something very different about our identity. Do we understand that? How about the genuine love of God? I think many of us need to have our minds renewed according to the word of God to understand the love of God. Because if we don't focus on what God says about his love, we will look at love through our lens, the culture's lens, and we will start asking questions that God never intended us to believe or believing things he never intended us to believe. Relationships. This is really focused sometimes in the children and adults, but we were really focusing on students. Students need to understand what healthy, biblical, godly relationships are supposed to look like so that it complements them and they draw closer to Christ and not move away from Christ. That's important. We need to understand that. And then there's another one, truth. We have to understand what genuine truth is. We live in a world right now where truth is almost like a, um, it's like a moving target. You know, it just floats around and your truth and my truth can look different. Uh, And the last one I have on here is hearing God's voice. Uh, Do we understand what it looks like to have a renewed mind to hear God's voice? Um, So those are some examples. I'm sure that there are others. But Romans 12, 2 is one of the things that talks about when we are transformed by the world or by God's word, we see things God's way and not his way. But then the second word that I came up with was true life real life or transformation. And this comes from Psalm 1, 1 through 3. And I want to read to you what the psalmist says about those who choose to take God's word and plant it in their hearts. He says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord. That's the word of God. Meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. There is a truth in this scripture that tells us what we meditate on is what we become. What we feed ourselves with is what we ultimately become. You know, when you're younger, there was that phrase in the nutritional circles, you are what you... Yeah, see, we know this. That applies spiritually, too. Just like Kathy came up earlier and said... The physical things that we see are also dictated by the spiritual. They are interconnected. The things we focus on, the way that we move, the where we place our eyes determine the way that we go. And there's something very powerful about what the scripture is saying here. If we take God's word, we plant it deep in our heart. And planting doesn't just mean you know it. It means you apply it. You live it. You walk it out. When those things take place, scriptures say the result of that individual is like a tree planted among the riverbank. And then it says, it's a beautiful image, bearing fruit. Look what it says. In what season? Every season. There are seasons of joy, right? There are seasons of peace. There are seasons of grief. There are seasons of life. There are all kinds of seasons, but the kind of planting that we do by planting God's word in our heart, that's the thing that yields fruit in every season. The leaves never wither. What a beautiful image that is of what our lives can look like. And in everything they do, they prosper. So if I was going to summarize uh, why Bible engagement is important for us, uh, it is this very thing. I believe there needs to be 
an intentionality across the Christian church, and, and we can do that as bridge, where we spend intentionality, not just at one age group, but we do it across many age groups, encouraging people to be, in, to be involved in the Word of God, to participate, to read the Word of God, and to meditate on the Word of God so that it can be applied in our lives. And when we do that, we are going to see a renewal in our minds, and we are going to experience the kind of life that the psalmist actually speaks about. So that's where the Bible engagement actually comes into play for us, and that's what we're going to do. Now, the Bible engagement project is actually a three-year curriculum, okay? So take a deep breath, because we're only looking at one of the three years over the next 10 months, okay? There are three years, and they're called this, and I'm not making this up. Listen, learn, and what? Live. Look at this. <laughs> we laughed the first time we saw this, right? Because we have that in our, in our lounge. Listening to God's voice, learning God's word, and living is the application. So the first year of Bible engagement is all about listening. And when we talk about listening, we're talking about can we hear the voice of God through the story of Scripture? Because I know we live in a world where people of different denominations can talk about God speaking in different ways. And I know being a Pentecostal church, we talk about the active role of the Holy Spirit in speaking to us. But the number one way God speaks to us through his spirit is through his word. And we have eliminated that many times in our culture where we want to hear a word from God and maybe from someone else, but we don't go back to the word first. God's spirit, his Holy Spirit, will confirm many of the things that you already know in his word. So listening for the voice of God through the story of scripture is a theme we're going to look at beginning in October, and it will run all the way through June. Now, the traditional Bible engagement plan is 40 weeks. What we have done is we've taken those 40 weeks, which are actually 10 volumes of four lessons. Each volume has four lessons. We've condensed that. We've condensed it to 30 weeks. Okay, because there's a reason for that. We'll talk about that in a little bit later. But we've condensed it to 30 weeks, consolidating some of the lessons and eliminating some of the lessons. But we've done that, and now we are getting ready to launch that in October. So what we want to do today is we want to tell you our purpose of doing this is not just to bring a message on Sunday to the adults or to the kids, but is to use Bible engagement the way that it was designed. And how it was designed is as an age-aligned resource. What that means is that the same themes... The same scriptures, the same teachings apply from children all the way to adults. And we have a slide just to show what that looks like. If we look at the age aligned, we go all the way down to preschool for Bible engagement, where our preschool kids can be involved in curriculum. Our listen kids will have an element of what the the, the volume and the lesson is. Youth have a component in it. And our adults through small groups are also involved. In addition to that, our Sunday morning focus for those weeks will be the same thing. So what we're going to do today is we're going to give you a really, really small sample of what this might look like beginning in October. We're going to talk about a theme. I'm going to talk briefly about what that theme might look like if I were here on the podium or the the, the platform talking about it. And then uh, we're going to go to Pastor Christine. She's going to talk about what that could look like for children so you can get an idea of what that is. Pastor Matt's going to talk about students and Pastor Rob will cover um, adults and small group. So, you with me so far? Okay. Um, It's going to be different, okay? So sit tight, okay? Uh, We do have some videos for you as well, so if you need to take a nap, that's your time, okay? So I'm just kidding. Don't do that. The videos are actually cool, and you want to learn from the videos. But if you need to doze off, you know, no one's judging you. Um, Okay. A few months ago, we took one of the lessons as a staff, and we took the theme of that, and we broke it down into each one of the areas I just mentioned. And every Tuesday for a month, we gathered, and each of us taught everybody else in staff what it would look like as we were trying to prepare this to say, can we make this work? Is this going to make sense? Because we're not going to take someone's curriculum and apply it to the church, just, you know, whatever. This comes from our, from our fellowship in Springfield. We know that it's solid, but we need to make it our own as we're doing that. So each week, we had a different person come through um, and explain what the theme was. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start and explain the theme briefly, and then I'll pass it over to Pastor Christine. So the theme that we looked at a number of months ago um, was God is my creator. Volume one, which is four lessons, we've conden- we're condensing it to three, is volume one. Now, every one of the volumes has a theme scripture, okay? So if there are 10 volumes, guess how many scriptures there are? Come on. 
10. Yes, we have 10 volumes. We have 10 theme scriptures. And the reason for that is because we would rather have you memorize and learn 10 key scriptures over the course of 10 months than scramble to learn a verse every single week and feel like a failure when you can't do it. I don't know where you all are in your life, but I turned 50 this year and my memory is not as what it was 10 years ago. I forget some things sometimes. So I'm just saying it's becoming harder for me to memorize things. And I don't know why that's the case. But what I do know is that when we make a commitment to memorize the scripture and the word of God, he does build and he does provide life in us. So the theme for volume one is I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's the first scripture that kicks off the whole Bible engagement Similar to what we talked about in Psalm 1 and in Romans 12, the word of God is the foundation by which we live to walk in relationship with God. Now, within volume 1, we looked at lesson 2 a few months ago. And lesson 2's theme was um, about God being my creator, like I said. And the scripture within that was chapter 1 of Genesis through 31 and then a portion of chapter 2. Okay, but when we talk about God being our creator, if I'm up here on the podium, or I'm sorry, the platform, and I'm talking about God as my creator, reading from Genesis 1 on that Sunday, we're going to talk about what it means to be created in the image of God. Because God is my creator, what does it mean? How is mankind different than all of the rest of God's creation? Do you know that mankind is different than the rest of God's creation? It's a valid question. We don't live in a culture and a world anymore that thinks we're any different than any other part of God's creation. You've probably heard this before. We've just evolved more than everybody else. God's word doesn't teach us that. That we were created intentionally by God with a purpose, for a reason, and with that comes incredible value. So on a Sunday morning, you're going to hear me talk about purpose. You're going to hear me talk about intentionality around that lesson. You're going to see me reference scripture and talk about how being created in the image of God is actually synonymous with us being created to have relationship with God. And then I'm also going to talk about the responsibility God has given us to manage the rest of his creation. And those two things together speak two things to me very clearly. Our identity is to be in relationship with God and our value that God puts in us because he's made us uniquely and for his purpose, to know him and to be known by him. Does that make sense? That's what our main focus would be like on Sunday morning if I was teaching that. Now, Christine, or Pastor Christine and her people are going to be down in kids ministry and bridge kids. She's going to take a few minutes and talk about what it would look like from a kid's perspective. Good morning. Okay, so kids, um, we have two, really three different lessons going on. I'm going to share with you the elementary lessons today, but just keep in mind that preschoolers are going to have um, separate videos, but they're going to be learning the same story, the same memory verses that the kids are, that the teens are, that the adults are. Um, So can you guys put the faith fact up? Every week we have a faith fact, Um, same as the adults, God is my creator. And what I love about this curriculum is they don't just say God is the creator. Everything is made personal. Everything is made to apply to our lives, whether we're kids or adults. Um, So we're all learning the same thing. We're all learning the same message. For the kids' um, lessons, there are intro videos and outro videos, which introduce the lesson and then sum up and close the lesson. Um, And in between, our teachers will be teaching. So for God is my creator, we're learning about how God created the world. For preschoolers, it's how awesome and powerful God is that he made you and he made all the animals and such. For elementary school, we take it a step deeper, and now we're trying to apply it to ourselves and teaching the kids things like, um, what is your purpose? Why did God create all these things? Um, Because he wants to have a relationship with us. We're making it more personal. He knows the number of hairs on your head. Um, In this lesson, it was really cool, um, the scripture that talks about God holding the universe in the palm of his hand. So in the middle of the lesson, we're having the kids, like, look at their palm and asking them what they can fit in it and comparing us to God and how big and mighty he is, but yet he's personal and he wants a relationship with us. Um, 
So I'm going to have the sound booth play the outro video. Let me just set this up for you real quick. There's two teenage boys um, that do these videos every week. You're going to think they're really silly, but they're silly for a reason. They connect with kids. Um, So the first part of the video, they challenged each other to come up with a creation that hadn't been created before. This is what they came up with. Okay, it's the moment of truth. Time to see which of us is the better food creator. Well, I already know I'm the better food creator, but since you made your food first, therefore you have to eat it first. Well, you know, I'd like to point out one thing. Your popsicles took forever to freeze. Now my back pizza cream got soggy. You're just making excuses. Eat the pizza. This is disgusting. Swallow. You gotta swallow or it doesn't count. How is it? That was awful. Making a new creation is a lot harder than it sounds. Well, it's my turn now, and I know that you're about to get freezer burned by my picnic popsicles. (laughs) Yuck. Guessing it wasn't good? That was the worst thing I've ever tried. Who would have thought making something new was so complicated. You know, it's amazing that when God makes something, it's always good. Like, he never makes a mistake. For real, God is the ultimate creator. As we saw in today's Bible story, God created everything around us. The sun, moon, stars, trees, mountains, birds, planets, oceans, anything you can think of, all by just speaking. I can't even make a simple food, yet God created the entire world perfectly, just like we needed You know, this week, our challenge to you is to spend time thanking God for the things he's created. You can thank him for creating mountains, forests, your parents, your little brother, or even your family pet. The important thing is to remember that God is my creator. Okay, Austin, let's go throw this stuff away. You know, once you get past the horrible taste, the mech pizza cream's not that bad. That's disgusting. Anyway, we'll see y'all next time here at At Challenge Accepted. Accepted. As you guys can see, that's just a fun way to connect the story to life. And I love that they give an application at the end. And I probably should have told you that they took three foods and tried to combine them to create their own. So the popsicle was a hot dog, chips, and lemonade blended up. Yeah. So, But kids will like love that, and they'll remember it. That's why they make it silly and connectable. Um, this curriculum comes with all kinds of games, art activities, and what I liked about it is some kids' curriculum comes with games that are just for fun, but these games have a point to it. Um, they also give us prayers, but most curriculums stop there. They are just pray this prayer over the kids or with the kids that day. But this curriculum is giving spaces for the second part of prayer, and that's hearing. So it gives us an opportunity to slow down and be quiet before God and help the kids hear his voice. Um, It also teaches every week um, the um, faith fact and the faith verse. And are you guys ready to learn a verse with us today? Because we are going to learn and memorize, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, together in a fun kid's way. You ready? Okay. Can you guys play that video? The Bible is God's word. We can trust it from beginning to end. Today's Bible verse is Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Are you ready to say it with me? I want you to repeat after me. Psalm 119.11 I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Great job. Let's say it all together now. Psalm 119.11 I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Great job, everyone. Really simple, really fun. The kids will probably go home knowing it already. So um, it's making your job a little easier. 
Okay, the last piece that I wanted to share with you is, um, and the piece that I'm really most excited about, is the family devotional. So every uh, week, you are going to have as a parent access to a family devotional that's to be used with preschoolers all the way up to like 6th, 7th grade. Um, This is the first piece of it. You can access it on your phone through the app. um, And you can use it with preschoolers as well as like a middle schooler too. Just pick and choose pieces. So they're asking a big question every day. And this one is, who is God? So if you just ask your kids that question and be mindful of that throughout the day, you're going to reap so many rewards. But it's reviewing the verse and the fact. Can you guys go to the next slide? So each day it's giving us verses to read. And, of course, you're not going to read all those verses with a preschooler, but with a fifth, sixth, seventh grader you will. And then it's going to give you some, uh, a little just blurb to read. The next slide, please. There's questions to think about, and each uh, day they have five questions, and they're really simple with answers there. Next slide, please. And then there's deeper questions, more open-ended questions to get conversations started with your um, kids. And the last one is repeating that first, who is God? So after going through the devotional, do your kids' opinions of who God is, has that changed? So um, the thing that I am so excited about is there's only four days. So for somebody that's not doing anything right now with your kid or with yourself, this is really easy. And I've had a handful of people from early adults to uh, teenagers in the last couple of months come up to me and say, I'm really not doing anything at all except coming to church. So for me, this is just a great way to get those people connected. And it's not an every day where you feel trapped and tied in. It's four days. The unity that's going to be built among our church is so exciting to me. As an adult, I can go to any kid and know that they're learning the same thing that I'm learning and have a conversation with kids, teens, and adults. What kind of unity is that going to bring? It's so cool. I just want to share two statistics with you before I hand it over to Pastor Matt. Um, Barna, American Bible Society, and the Center for Bible Engagement did a survey, and they found out that by doing some kind of devotional, being in God's Word four times a week, makes you 231% more likely to disciple someone else. And it makes you 228% more likely to share Jesus with others. Isn't that something that we want, not only for ourselves, but for our kids to be able to share God's love and what he's done with other people? That's awesome, Christine. Yeah, we can celebrate that. That's incredible. And uh, for students, the Bible Engagement Project is really just a completion of that. It's very similar to that in many ways. Um, and it just kind of has the same idea when it, when it comes to youth ministry, here's the, here's the reality. Okay. So there's some teenagers here, but generally speaking, teenagers to adults are very scary and very unpredictable. Teenagers, you, you probably, you may or may not know that. But to adults, you're like, I would never be good in student ministry, Matt. You just keep doing your thing because that is the craziest thing ever in the whole world. It's really not that crazy. Students uh, really need things that everyone else in the whole world needs, love and acceptance. And so we kind of tailor our teaching and tailor our curriculum, if you will, around that. And so what we do is we kind of do like a, um, it's kind of like a, a lesson smoothie. That's how I like to look at the Bible Engagement Project. There is teaching, conversation, questions, sometimes a game, um, small groups, breakouts. All of that is blended into a smoothie. And it tastes delicious. And it's, it's beneficial. <laughs> um, it's not like boba tea where, you know, half the people like it and everyone else is just confused. But uh, it's, it's more of like everything involved with the one thing. So when, when, we, were, when we would uh, do a, a student ministry lesson, a youth ministry lesson for the Bible Engagement Project, there would be a lot of different things involved in it that would become beneficial. Um, in a moment, I have a, 
a video, but just just to kind of share a little bit of why we have those different aspects and why they're so important to student ministry is because um, specifically conversation. Students have um, very big questions. They may or may not ever voice that, but teenagers, as you know, if you're here, teenagers, you know you have really big questions about life, about God, and about what you should do. And so when we open conversation, that is oftentimes the time where those questions can be voiced and answered. Because what I think, um, what I think youth ministry has failed students in the past has been done like a, here's the teaching, now figure it out by yourself. And we as the student ministry team at CSM, our Connection Student Ministry, our youth ministry is here. We decided to change that. And so that from February up until um, continuing on, we've made it more of a discussion-based um, student ministry. So that's why it's, it's, it's uh, beneficial. I just shared this statistic with my teens last week. Because uh, <laughs> this is funny. Because like, sometimes I just like, like telling people about themselves a little bit. And so I was telling the teenagers, I was like, you know, guys, you pay the most attention when you're talking. So, in reality, you know, I was, I was just about to speak. And I was like, in reality, everything I tell you, like, you may or may not catch. And I'm okay with that. Statistically speaking, you might catch about, you know, half of it. But the reality of the, of the situation is, is that we need conversation. And we need teaching. And we need truth in order for student ministries to get, the, to, to get these big truths. So, we would start out a lesson with um, a, a video. And I'm going to share with this with you this video. It's an incredible video. Why don't you roll that? Growing up, my grandfather was a gardener. He spent a lot of summers running around in that garden. There was strawberries and green beans, potatoes and corn. There were even a hive of honeybees at the back of the property. My grandpa used to offer me 25 cents for every bird and 50 cents for every rabbit that I would catch in his garden. I would run up and down the rows and never caught a single one, but I sure chased a lot of them away and now realize I was basically working for free. But I loved that garden and I loved growing up in it. I sometimes think of that garden when I read that God's culminating creative act was a garden with a man and a woman created and placed at the center of it. God created garden. And the first man and woman were given the task of caring for it and for the animals that roamed there. That image is so different than the creation accounts of other civilizations. I remember in college taking a Western civilization class and reading some of them. There were stories of the gods creating humans to work as their slaves. There were others about creation emerging from the slain body of the gods. In others, it presents creation as the chance collision of forces in the midst of empty chaos. But the Bible's creation story is so profoundly different. The earth begins dark, empty, and formless. But the Holy Spirit was present, hovering over a world that would soon change. God speaks order, and creation responds. He is a God who creates with intention, purpose. His word commands each element in a culminating series of creation light, water, land, stars, life. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God would go on to separate the water, the land, and the sky. He filled those spaces with vegetation, fish, birds, trees, and snow-capped mountains, breaking ocean shores set beneath the setting sun and rising morning lights. The ocean and the skies were teeming with living creation, and the land was populated with every kind of animal. God saw that it was good, but he had one more creative act left before he rested. God made humanity. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, to be like us. Male and female, he created them. 
Unlike the animals that filled the earth, humans, God's image bearers, were given a task. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. I can't help but see my grandparents, side by side, dirt on their hands, planting and harvesting, and the joy of sharing in that work together. Their lives somehow still connected to that first couple's purpose. Purpose may be the oldest of human questions, but there's so many times in life that it can all feel so random, so lacking in purpose. Why are we here? And why does it matter? And what am I supposed to do with it? We aren't the first to feel it, to search for it. But the Bible won't let us read past the first pages of Scripture without insisting that it is there. It has always been there. God creates with purpose, and He calls us into lives of purpose. So what do we do with it? What is our responsibility as image bearers of God, as created by God? What does it mean to be gardeners in this garden of God's creation? Awesome, awesome. So that would be the the opening video that we would show. Uh, in our in our lesson time, and what I love about the Bible Engagement Project is that it is questions first and answers second. Questions first, answers second, and so we would ask. Um, I would read again a script that scripture that this um, session for the student ministry is um, focusing on. It's Genesis one twenty six to thirty one, but just the first or just a part of that verse twenty eight. God blessed them and said, "Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it." Rain over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. And then I would ask a question to students for them to think about an answer as a group. According to Genesis 128, the verse we just read, what did God plan for people to do? And so then I would just allow time for students to think about that process, answer the question, answer correctly or incorrectly, and just process that question and process these types of things. Then I would come in with maybe like a, yeah, absolutely, that's correct, or something like that. Yeah, absolutely, that, I love that what you said. And really what the idea is that God has created us for, created us in his image and to be in community. And so that would be the, the, the main point that we'd, we would weave in through conversation, question, and teaching. And that's what the student ministry part of Bible Engagement Project would look like. Thanks, Pastor Matt. And um, then for us as adults, we would just continue to build off of what you've just heard. Um, Actually, the adult curriculum shares, like in our small groups, would share the same video as what the youth are using. So the the video teaching is going to be the same. And um, then there's two ways for adults that we participate in, well, three ways, but two ways really outside of our Sunday morning services that we participate in listen. And the curriculum. The first way is uh, listening in community. So our community groups, uh, when you can dive into God's word together, listen, watch the video, read scripture together, discuss together, and then listening on our own, just like in the students and in the kids, uh, in the family devotionals, there's devotionals that are provided for us as adults as well uh, throughout the week. And um, each community group or each group lesson is broken down really into six parts. Engage, watch, Consider what the Bible says, reflect, and listen. And each one of those pieces um, play a part in building the picture of what of the topic and introducing it. So the engage piece is, an, is the element that contextualizes the lesson um, and is like an introduction. And so the question for like this lesson on God, uh, God is our creator or God is my creator is, when you were growing up, what were you taught in school about how the world began? Us as adults, like, we might have been taught different things. Think about that. Like, in your setting, in my setting, even in different generational settings, we might have been taught different things in school. What about in your families and in your homes? Like, those are the type of questions that would get, like, a a conversation started. 
Um, then the second would be the video, which is what we just watched together on, with Pastor Matt. Introduces the scripture um, and uh, kind of just visualizes what the teaching points are. Um, the third was consider. And consider reinforces the video and kind of introduces the Bible story uh, for the week, uh, for the session. And um, it talks about, and this one here specifically talks about some of the, how the major, some of the major scientists of our age uh, point back, like Albert Einstein points back that there had to be a beginning of the world. Like that there had to be a beginning. Like that he came back to that conclusion that, yes, I've made all these things, but I look in error because there had to have been a beginning. So it kind of, I don't know, when I put like some feet to, hey, there is a creator. And then, um, and for this verse, and it ends with this, and this is main, the main thrust of this lesson is, we are not cosmic accidents or random products of blind forces of the universe. We are created by powerful and a powerful, intelligent, loving God who imprinted us with his image and breathed his life into us. This gives us value that no other philosophy or worldview could ever take away from us. And that's really the main thrust of this, of this. God is, is my creator. And then the next point, next part would be is what does the Bible say? And this is where we would dive into scripture together. We would read sections from Genesis 1 and 2 uh, together. And it's broken out with some similar questions like what Pastor Matt was sharing with the youth. Where you might read a part of it. Then there's some questions, discussion points. um, So that we can dive deeper into God's word. And you know whenever we're talking about God's word together as a group. um, There's been some things where like the Bible comes alive in my life because of something that somebody else said. Right? Like, it may not have hit me, you know, oh, hey, you know, God created the fish of the sea, you know, and you're like, okay, whatever. But whenever somebody else looks at that and they see it in a different light, you know, all the different types of fish, how deep the sea is, and how on different levels each fish swim at different levels, and they, like, know, they talk about that from their point of view. It's like, wow, how intentional was God whenever he was creating that? And it helps us engage with scripture. Um, The fifth piece is reflect. And um, this is, provides a brief summary of the session. And so it literally takes the, the scripture part and the discussion questions and kind of molds them all together into one, um, one brief, one summary of, of the lesson. So I'm going to read you this summary from, from this section, from, from, this, from this volume and, and session. It says, The first words of the Bible are, In the beginning God created. Everything else in life finds its significance and meaning relative to this truth. Because God created us, we are not here by accident. Life has, life has God-given purpose. Our lives have value that no one can take away from us. But even more remarkably, we are created in God's own image. Our, pers- our personal creativity, our capacity to sacrificially love others, and our passion for goodness and justice all flow from this. Nothing of life will ultimately find its fulfillment without God, the creator, at the center of life. So it took everything, all the questions, all of the, the content, and kind of boils it down to that reflect. And then the last piece of what we would do in a community group setting is listen to God. And this is kind of what, like what Pastor Christine had said about in kids, that this curriculum is very intentional about creating space for quiet time for people to actually listen to God. Our lives are so busy. Our lives are filled with all sorts of distractions and noise. And I love that even in the midst of, you know, my community group right now, sometimes some some Monday nights can be kind of chaotic, a little bit loud, a little bit crazy sometimes. You were having fun discussing everything under the sun, literally like rabbit trails and things like that. But we come back to the point, but whenever, how often do we actually take time to say, okay, we're going to take the next five minutes in front of you. There are a list of questions for you to reflect upon. What is God speaking to you right now? What has God spoken to you through, through this? And so one of the questions like for this lesson would be, how should, how should knowing that you are created in God's image refute any feelings of inferiority or insignificance that you may have had. It's time for you to reflect. And there's space, even in like the app, in, our, in, our, in, in, in the, the printout for PDFs, there's space for us to answer those questions in, for our personal reflection time. And um, 
You know, I, I love that it provides that, that moment and that time for each individual to reflect. And so that's how, like, the community group setting would look. And then in the listen on our own is our devotional time. And the devotional time is just springboards off of that. Um, I know for students and for kids, they have four days of devotions. But we're big boys, so we get five days of devotions as adults. And uh, so we get, we get five days of devotions that help us increase our Bible engagement. And so um, some of them are, are deep, but some of them are, are more based upon like what we had talked about in the small group setting. And so that's why it's, why it's important that I think that everybody is involved in a community group because even our devotionals are going to be built off of some of those discussions and what we have talked about in that. And um, Pastor Christine touched on the family devotions as part of that. So, like, as adults, you can pick. You want to do, you can do family devotions, you can do the adult devotions, you can do both. Um, if you want to be a superhero and do that. But I'm excited for this for every person at Bridge. I think whether you're a parent, not a parent, whether you, um, no matter what stage of life, whether you've been a new believer, new believer, new to church, or whether you've been a seasoned Christian and you've served God your whole life, been attending church your whole life, I believe that if we make this a priority in our lives, we're going to see God do some amazing things, not just in our own lives, but in the lives of our church and the lives of our families. And, um, and I can tell you guys, we're going to get out of this what you put into it. You know, if you just come to church and you hear Pastor Paul or I or whoever speaking on that Sunday morning uh, preach the message, that's one level. But then each level that you add to that, the more you're going to get out of out of it, the more that God's going to pour into you, and you're going to your mind is going to become renewed, as Pastor Paul had talked about earlier. And so I'm challenging you guys: let's prioritize this as a body, as adults, this fall. As we do it, we're going to see our students do it. If our, and as our students do it, our kids are going to do it and be able to be involved in that. And whatever we prioritize is what they're going to prioritize, right? So let's be the examples and let's set that and make it a priority in our lives. Awesome. Thank you. A lot of information, right? Y'all with us? You Okay. But well, you may have some questions. Some of you, are, are you okay? You good? Okay. We have, you might have a couple questions. Um, I know when we went through this, we had a, a tsunami of questions <laughs> that we were trying to go through. So um, I've identified four just to kick it off this morning that you might have that are pretty high-level questions. And then over time, you know, we can certainly answer more of them. So we're just going to touch on those briefly this morning. Uh, first question was, uh, well, if you look at Bible engagement with 30 lessons over 10 months, that averages out to about three times uh, a month, approximately. Um, but Pastor Rob, what is the actual time commitment? Because you talked about small group involvement, community groups, Sunday morning. Uh, what, what is the actual time commitment for Bible engagement if we were going to break it down? Yeah, so as I was looking at this, um, it really boils down to 1% of your life. Honestly, like if we look at it, it's 1% of our day in personal devotion time. That's about 14, I think the mathematician earlier who checked me out was 14.4 minutes a day. 14.4 minutes a day, 1%. 1% of your week to large group gatherings. So that would be kids ministry, youth ministry, Sunday morning services, that's about two hours. And then 1% of your month in community groups, that's eight hours. So two hours, two hours a week in a community group. In some months it won't even be two hours a week because we may only do three community group meetings um, that month. And so just being aware of that is it's 1%. That means that we get the other 99% to kind of do with it what we want. And as I said a minute ago, let's prioritize that 1%, that 1% of our day, that 1% of our week, that 1% of our month um, in, in, in engaging scripture together and growing spiritually together. So it's 1%. It's good. 1%. I like 1%. <laughs> it's better than 10%. Well, yes, it is. Or 20%. Yeah, never under it. Go ahead. The 1% can change 100%, though. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You guys are awake. I appreciate you. I'm not going to say it again for the people who are asleep, so. They can just watch it later on the live stream. They can record it. Okay, next question. Um, how do we access all of this resource and all of the tools? I know Christine mentioned something about an app. Um, for some people, that's cool. For other people, that's bondage. 
you know, it's fear. Uh, what are we talking about? But maybe you can just briefly talk about that, and then we can look at a few other things. Okay, so there's an app that is downloadable to any device, whether it's Android or Mac, Apple. There, you can also access it on a website, and we are talking about making like PDFs, like printouts, available for people that don't want to use technology at all. But it's super simple. Yeah, one of the things that we want to make sure that we do through this is to not force people to do something they know they're not comfortable with. Now, if you're just a slow adopter and you know, like, hey, I could do this if I just jump on board, there are a lot of benefits to using the app. No question about that. It's actually much more streamlined. But we know that there are going to be some people that would just disengage completely if the requirement was technology. So there's a couple things we're going to do. We are looking at some solutions to see how we can make things readily available, you know, whether with PDFs, printouts, etc. But for those of you that want to try the tech thing, we're also going to have available near the end of September, we're going to create like our own Bible engagement genius bar out there in the lobby. And we're going to have people there that can say like, how do I download this? How do I get involved? And you can go there and set up an appointment and leave a tip jar there for everybody when they're done. Okay. But the whole point of that is to say, we want to eliminate every barrier that we can to say whether whether it's hard copy or whether it's electronic, there's a way that you can be engaged. So, make sense? Um, next question, uh, how do we sign up? You'll be able to sign up uh, starting, sorry, my brain had to like process through, how do they sign up? No. Um, you're going to sign up, uh, we'll be able to start sign up, starting signing up for community groups, small groups, uh, starting mid-September. Um, we have leaders, leader training the community group leaders who are going to train we're going to train them about any on all of our leaders from kids men youth men we're all going to be doing some training uh the first two weeks of september so if you haven't heard that from your team lead yet and you volunteer in those areas um surprise um but we are going to ask you to attend one of two trainings so that way you are you can be part of the genius bar out in the out in the <laughs> lobby to help people with the app or learn how to use some of the technology as needed for for you to teach the material and um, so it is easy as Christine said that part is easy but we are going to have some training about how the curriculum works and that sort of idea and then everybody else will have access to the app have access to sign up for a username and password have access to sign up for community groups all starting mid September yeah it's good. Uh, we're trying to figure out what we're going to call that. In staff meeting, we came up with an acronym like Bible Engagement Help or Bible Engagement Help Center, but bleh, didn't sound like a really good way. So we're, we're going to probably still work on that. But anyway, that <laughs> we'll be there the middle of September uh, to the end of September. Uh, last question I have just for today. Um, you've heard us say a couple times that there are 30 uh, sessions that we're looking at in the volumes over a 10-month period. Um, what do we do, and are there any options for built-in breaks um, as opposed to just following a curriculum? And I'm going to answer that uh, because I think it's important to know. Um, Jesus builds his church. This is not something that we do as people. The Holy Spirit speaks to the body of believers, and the church is not an organization. The church is an organism. Uh, so my point in saying that is that I do believe that God is speaking through his spirit to say this is a priority for the church to do. However, we know life happens. We know life circumstances, current events. We know we're going through all kinds of cycles. There's an election year coming up. There are tragedies that happen. You know, there are all kinds of things that influence the body of believers that the church needs to be able to speak to as God shows us to do that. And my point in saying that is that We've, we've, and we have missionaries and guest speakers and things that we have that are all part of that rotation. Uh, we've done our best to lay out a plan that gives space, but I just want everyone to know here um, that that is still written in pencil because if there's something that needs to change during the time that we're working through that, we need to pause for a week and we need to move something, there will be communication. We'll let people know, and we're not going to stay bound to a form uh, because the purpose of the church is to bring the message of Christ to people, to uplift people, and to give God through his Holy Spirit permission to work through all that are part of it. Um, and that means we don't want to miss something that God wants to do. So yes, we're doing this. Yes, we believe he's leading, but he also knows in our time through the preparation that it is, uh, he's free to, inter to uh, interject anything he wants through the time. Um, in case anyone was wondering uh, that, I wanted to share that as well. Um, again, this series that we're doing is the listen part of a three-part for Bible engagement. And I just want to encourage you, uh, if you're looking to listen for the voice of God, this is going to be a critical way for you to do that. I do believe God primarily speaks through his word. And a couple brief things about when God speaks. When we listen for God, there's an expectation on our side. And when we listen for God, he does respond. 
absolutely responds in different ways he responds, and we can talk about that at some point. But sometimes when he responds, when he responds, we understand what he's saying, and it connects with us. Sometimes when he responds, it draws more questions. Sometimes when he responds, it makes a lot of sense, and sometimes when he responds, it doesn't make sense. Um, I wanted to pause at this point and give a practical example of that, um, because when we do hear God speak and we listen to him and we respond to him, regardless of whether it's clear to us, unclear, it makes sense, it doesn't make sense, when we obey what God speaks, um, there is a blessing that comes as a result of that. And I asked Pastor Matt if he would share a personal story of listening for God. Yeah, I just want to share something that, um, that my family has been walking through. Um, Mary, would you just join me on the stage? <clears throat> um, you know, Mary and I, we often pray of, God, what do you want for our life? What do you want for our family? What's the best? Um, what path do you want us to walk on? What, what do you want for us to do? And sometimes um, that's a scary prayer because we don't, we have to trust God with the answer to that prayer, whether that's something that we like or don't like. And so we have been praying about that. We were praying about that for a long time. And uh, we felt like uh, some time ago, we felt that the, that word that God had given us was a word of, of transition. And we felt like, God, what does that mean? Transition. And so I started to scheme a little bit and was like, okay, how can I transition here at bridge? What are some things that I can do and put in place that I can uh, just maybe move a job role and transition out of one thing and into the other. So we decided to uh, really, really build the teams that were around us and um, just have the church or just have our teams be excited about the direction of the church because this Bible engagement project is incredibly exciting. The church is going to uh, really, really go far with this. And I, th- I just sense a new season. I think a lot of us do here too, that there's a new season at Bridge where there is going to be incredible growth and opportunity to see God move in brand new ways and in bigger ways than we've ever seen before. And so we are so excited about that. And so we're praying about this and God, we're like just excited about what's happening at Bridge. And we're just super excited about the direction of the church and the, and the strength of the teams that were around us in student ministries and in worship ministries and things like that. And so we kept praying and it's God, God, what is it that you want for our life? Like, and we, that, that word transition would not leave um, us. And so we, we were confused about that. And so, uh, what we felt the right thing to do was, um, in obedience was to explore an opportunity. Uh, and, um, it was confirmed to us that our season at bridge has come to a close and we'll be transitioning out as youth pastors here. And we are going to be moving to, to Western Pennsylvania. And we have accepted the role of youth pastor at a church in Western Pennsylvania and uh, we're excited about it, but we know that when this happens, it's like two, it's a two-sided thing. We, we believe just the, the imagery that God's given us, it's just two sides. There's the one side of we are so excited for the church and for the, the direction of bridge and the strength of our team and the, and the friends that I've made. Like, you guys are incredible. Like, Christine, I just want to say thank you for just being an absolutely incredible person and, and working with me in student ministries. And Rob, you, you are my lifelong friend, like forever. You, we, will be, we will be friends. I love you so much, man. And I just want to say thank you for pouring into me um, in my ministry and just in, in life and family and what that means. And Paul, like you are an absolutely incredible leader. We have an incredible leader here at this church, uh, a, a leader that is so far above. Um, and so... I just want to say thank you for pouring into me and giving us as 22-year-olds an opportunity. <laughs> um, and so I just, I just want to say thank you. We're, you know, we're leaving on great terms here with Bridge, so the, the relationships that we have uh, can continue and will continue. We love you guys, and we're so excited for the next chapter of this. And, and like that's the one side of this transition. It, it, it's exciting, but the underside of it is two. It's one object, but there's two sides. And the other side of it is that we love you. And we're going to dearly miss you guys. And you guys are our family. Like, we don't have family close to us right now, but you guys have become that to us. And we just want to say thank you because you're incredible. And so there's a loss and there's a sense of sorrow and grief that, um, that comes with this because we are so, so sad to leave you guys. 
you are a family. Um, is there anything you want to say? No. Um, and so, I mean, I think even just, um, just the way that you've embraced us in our family and you've embraced my our son Miles and he says this is his church and I just want to say thank you for um, the community that you've been to us and um, I just love you all and I love serving with you and um, following Jesus together and we're really, we're really sad, but really excited to see what God is doing in this church. And um, we know that God's, God's going to move in bigger and greater ways, and we're just excited to see what that, what that is. And, yeah, we're just happy for you and with you guys. So we love you and we thank you. And, um, yeah. Yeah, there really aren't a lot of words we can say after that, um, ex- ex- except to say, uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say. I've been thinking, like, what do we say after that? You really did a great job talking about it. Um, it's been a, I'm going to reserve the words that we will say to Matt and Mary on their final Sunday, just because I think that um, that day, though there will be tears, um, it's going to be a celebration. And, uh, and we're going to do what we can to have as many unplanned things for you uh, that we can. <laughs> things that you may never expect. Things you may never expect. Um, listen. <laughs> listen, we love the Robinsons. And uh, there's nothing in Scripture that says God calls us to one place forever. He says, uh, stay close to me. His word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. That is a daily need. When Jesus talked about the Lord's prayer, it was give us this day our what? Daily bread, which means we come to God every day. We ask him for wisdom. We ask him for direction. And that's, that's what we do. Um, it has been um, a pleasure and a joy over the time. And we're excited for you guys. Uh, and like you said, we're also very sad because we know the relationships that are here. Um, but you always have family here. You always will have family here. And um, we just want to see whatever God wants to do in you and through you uh, because we know that if he's used you as a blessing for people here, which I know he has, um, then you're going to be a super blessing, to use your words, a super blessing um, somewhere else where he's calling you to. And honestly, I'm, I'm really just super thankful. See, I'm, go, see, I'm going super now. Um, I'm really thankful that you have an opportunity to be even that much closer to your family, especially for your son's sake. So um, all said and done, um, what does this look like as this plays out? Um, Pastor Matt and Mary will be with us through September 18th. Their final Sunday with us at Bridge will be September 18th. We are going to use September 18th as a day to celebrate them. Uh, As I said, we also have our district youth director, Lee Rogers. He will be here as a guest speaker that day, who's really basically a pastor Pastor Matt's pastor over youth ministry. He's going to be here on the 18th, and we're just going to have a great time of celebration. Um, It's not a funeral service. It's not going to be a memorial service. It's going to be a party and a celebration. So come with your party hats. Um, Not because we want to see you go, but because we want to celebrate what God's doing in you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So so what I asked, if if we talked about how we were going to close a service like this, um, I just want to pray over their family. And what I thought I would do is I would just invite anybody that would like to join us on the podium. We're going to move this. uh, I keep saying podium on the platform. Um, We're going to just push this back a little bit, and then we're going to have them just go up to the front here. If you're you're here and you would just like to surround them, um, yeah, please join us. They're going to be here at the picnic next Sunday. There'll be plenty of time to have conversations and to talk through things. But today we just want to bless and pray over the Robinson family. So if you want to join us on the stage to do that, please come and join as we pray over them. Sure, yeah, you can go right up front here. It's fine. Come down a step. Is that okay? Yeah.
Father, we just come before you this morning and we want to thank you, God. Um, I thank you, Lord, that you are a God who's always working. Jesus, you said my Father is always working. He's always at work, which means as we listen to you and we open our eyes and our ears to see what you're doing in us and around us, we can be confident to know that you will ordain our steps. And as you move one thing, you're going to move something else. Lord, we don't take this as an accident. This is not happenstance. This isn't some random thing. This is you speaking to a family about a future that's going to happen. And I thank you, Lord, for Matt and Mary's willingness to pursue, to pray, to lay things before you, God. I'm thankful, God, that they're willing to be obedient, to even leave room. We know as things are in our lives, we can get comfortable with things. God, thank you for not not being comfortable, for them not being willing to just be in one space and shut down what you may be saying. But I just want to come before you and I want to thank you um, for being a God who's blessed them and blessed our church with them for many years. God, we know that you're going to be uh, with them as they move and as they walk. But God, I pray right now over the next number of weeks that they're still here at Bridge, that every possible decision, every, every demonstration or event that happens will be a confirmation of your word and your leading in their lives. I pray, Lord, as they get ready to sell their house, that that would happen and there would be supernatural stories that happen as a result of that. I pray as they're looking for a place to go, Lord, and they're looking for a home in Western Pennsylvania, God, that you would open doors supernaturally, that they could look at things and not just say, well, that could have happened to anyone, but they look at these things and they say, God has led us this far. He is going to continue to bring us and we see God continuing to work through every step of the way. God, I pray over their minds. I pray over their thoughts. I pray against any, any words the enemy may speak to them as a result of this. And I pray against any potential division or disconcerting statements that people could make or think. We know that there's a grief that can happen. We know people can be upset. But God, may we draw closer as a church body. May we walk in a spirit of unity. And may we honor you as we honor them in their transition. Father, we love you. And we love this family. And we just thank you for what you've done in them and what you're going to do. God, I know he's so little and I know he doesn't understand everything, but God, I just pray that you would just flood Miles' heart and mind with peace as he loves walking into this church and just walking through these classrooms, Lord, and just, just, um, just seeing the, the buffet of toys before him and how he walks through this place with joy and peace. And God, take those same experiences and multiply them as they're in Western Pennsylvania. God, they can grieve a place where they were at, but I pray you'd bestow blessings over them in a way that's so much greater than what they've ever experienced here. That they wouldn't just be part of a team there, God. That the leadership that they sit under, Lord, wouldn't just love them and shepherd them, but take them far beyond what we ever could have done for them. We just ask that you would continue to use them as they grow closer to you. That their hearts would be positioned and ready for everything you have for them. For you have more in store for them than they could ever hope for or imagine. Exceedingly greater things that their minds could ever imagine. By taking a step of obedience, doors are going to be open. God, we know you'll take care of the things at Bridge. As you move one, you bring others around and you raise people up. Not concerned. But right now, we just want to lift up our brother and our sister and their little boy and we want to pray blessings of peace and love and confidence over them. God, thank you for what you're doing. We just pray blessings. We pray love. We pray in advance. We thank you for all the things you have done and what you will do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you.